Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week we have a fascinating podcast for you because I'm going to introduce you to a gentleman named Ed Book. Let me give you his full title, Officer Ed Book. And after the summer of 2020 and where cops were in the headlines for the wonderful things they do and some not so wonderful things that they do, I, as an interviewer and a Rotarian, wanted to find out what it was like to be an officer of the law to protect and serve and also be a Rotarian. So join me, won't you? Officer Ed Book is joining me on this week's podcast. And as always, I am so happy that you joined me. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Ed Book is joining me this week, and I'm pretty excited because for the first time ever, I'm really going to talk the four-way test in a interesting type of perspective. And that is that Ed Book is the chief of police of the Santa Fe College Station. Would that be department? Department. That's the word I'm looking for. In uh, Gainesville, Florida. He's also a Rotarian, a very proud Rotarian. And I really want to discuss the the four-way test and being a police officer. And I want to know all about your awesome years as a Rotarian. Hi, Ed. It's so nice to meet you. Uh, Thank you, Gwen. It's really uh, (laughs) uh, good to be here. And certainly police work and uh, the Rotarians, being a Rotarian and a four-way test, kind of intersect in they a do. whole lot of ways, especially service. Well, so the first question that my podcasters know about always is, what was your first introduction to Rotary? So how did you get to know the wheel? Were you a kid? Were you an adult? Were you... Well, so it starts this way. I'm pretty old, so I was not a kid. Okay. Right? So I was already an adult, but... Um, I've been very familiar with Rotary as an organization in the area that I'm in. I'm in North Central Florida okay. for many, many years. I've been a cop for 35 years plus. So wow. in my work as law enforcement, I ended up um, kind of over, it basically intersecting and doing things with Rotary clubs that were service driven in our community. So I knew about it and several, several Rotarians were pretty prominent in our community long before I joined. I already was very familiar with the organization and kind of some of the great stuff they were doing here locally. And later I learned not just local, but state and national and, and of course, international. And of course, international. So then what made you want to join? Is it you we just reputation or you knew somebody was in it too? No, Are there other officers that, that you really, know that were in it? You know, networking is critical in, in Rotary, but I had no need to network. Uh, because I had already been in, in law enforcement and was, was in a, a different agency for some period of time. Mine was purely, here. how can I leverage doing some really good things that I've seen that we've done um, kind of in the law enforcement and police world in the service area? And so the ability ah. to leverage service was my interest. Networking was not not a key for me. I know it's key when people come to communities and, and Rotary does a great job with it. But for me, that was not the in. The in was, hey, let me do some more stuff. And um, I got invited, you know, several times over the years, like most of us do. But mm-hmm. um, the reality is when I had time that I could actually devote to it and do it well, I finally just called a person who'd invited me about four trillion times. I said, okay. <laughs> and the four trillion then once you decided right. to do it. I'm ready to go. I'm I'm committed. So it feels so, happy. I'd like to join. 
And that is, it is very funny because on a lot of police cars, it does say protect and serve. It does. And, and so it is, it is funny that, that you are still looking for some other place to serve that I guess it's funny is maybe too harsh a word, but you, you hadn't gotten all the service out that you needed done, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, that's right. I mean, yeah. in, you know, in, in, in our business professions, we often have formal lines of things we can do. Right. But then if you join something like uh, Rotary or, you know, there's some other very large international service organizations, you know, like, for example, the Lions, they're doing great things, too. Sure. If you want those informal lines and to leverage with other people across people out of my network. Right. Then you've got Rotary to do that. So certainly I could do stuff where I worked. But this allowed me to do stuff even with a broader focus, I think. And maybe without a uniform. You, know, um, you don't. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I wear that. Yeah. I wear that plenty of hours. So why do I need to have it on seven days a week? Absolutely. There you go. So then is anybody else in your family a Rotarian or are you, are you the only one? Uh, well, in, in my extended family, there, there are others. My immediate family, um, they're, they're working pretty hard and no, but they have certainly helped me in many of the service-driven things. You know, spouse and children, grown children in my case, mm-hmm. have done service projects that came out of, you know, my affiliation with Rotary. So they've all done things. They just may not be called technically Rotarians. They're those Rotarian interested or service-driven people. Yeah. So, well, and they say that's the best way we can, we can pull them in, have them pick up garbage on the side of the road with us. And sooner or later, uh, they, they ironic may, uh, that you mentioned that because that's precisely what, as my kids were growing up, we were doing like neighborhood cleanups. There you the go. That was, I figured, clean up with someone, you probably won't drop trash. Clean there up you, for yeah. them, you know, different thing. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Then... Let's get to some some fun stuff about being a Rotarian. And yeah. one of the best questions that people have commented that they love to hear about is some the most inspirational experience with Rotary. And so what's what's something in Rotary that um, has really lasted with you as an inspiration? And then I'd love to ask the same question as you as a police officer. Has there been a Rotarian experience that has still been so inspirational? And has there been a police officer experience that has been so inspirational? So kind of, it's, it's, it's a funny question because as a podcast, I know you're, you hit me with the questions and I kind of think I didn't prep for something like that, but I can tell you a couple things do. Is it your gotcha question for the day? Yeah, that would be a good one. But a couple things immediately come to mind, you know, so in, in kind of the Rotary uh, world, we've done so many things locally. We're we're involved in international projects like every club. I'm I'm the Rotary Club of Downtown Gainesville, but we have four clubs in Gainesville wow. that partner and have a foundation and do things. So I think two things kind of come to mind with with the club in particular. Something that really inspires me is we do trivia. Lots of clubs do trivia. Mm-hmm. We do it. In fact, right now I'm the trivia master. Uh, I, we all we rotate for a year, so I'm asking the questions this year. And wow. Uh, we all are playing on behalf of a local nonprofit. So at the end of the year, whatever money we've collected for the trivia, whoever those three winners are of the trivia, whoever got the most trivia questions right, gets to take the check and hand it to the nonprofit uh, they've been playing on behalf of uh, for our club all year. So it's really cool. So we will add at the end of at the end of the rotary year next June. We'll bring in three or four local nonprofits. They're doing great work. And the Rotarian who played on their behalf that also seems to be an unbelievable trivia mind 
we'll hand them a check, you know, and um, it kind of shows that that network of connection locally. So that's at least my club. That's one of the inspiring things. I really enjoy it. And it's a fun, it's, you know, it's a fun component that makes a difference. Okay. So I'm going to stick on this one for just a little bit, because this is a great idea that I hope we will, since it's going to go out all over the place on this podcast. So you're telling me that you get together, I assume now on Zoom and you have a trivia night or do you, do you do it on, do you do it virtually or do you do it and you just have a, a pe- group of people and you do, tri- how does, how does this trivia night work? Well, Zoom, you're right. Zoom is large and in charge for our club. Unfortunately, we're not, we're not at the place where we can look each other in the eye and sit across the table and eat, eat, eat lunch, right? We're right. Um, we've been doing it for several years. So our trivia, lots of clubs do trivia and they may have a happy dollar or happy buck, or they may just you know, just see who gets it right just for some fun. So what we did was we kind of took that concept. Someone asked the questions. We, um, you get two points per question. If you get it right every week, we asked two or three trivia questions and tell the people, all right, how many points did you get? It's, you know, four-way test says you tell us how many points you got. We trust you. And um, at the end of the year, whoever's got the most points for the most questions, right. We all have previously identified the charity we're playing on behalf of. Um, we all have pledged some amount of money. It used to be we drop money in a basket, but right now we had to pledge it in advance because we're, right. we're, we're online. Right. So whatever money was dropped in the basket, loose change. For example, we amassed that about $1,200, I think, per year. That's what we've done. And uh, we divvy it up and the people hand that check to the local nonprofit who then tells us also at the club meeting about their nonprofit. That's an awesome idea. So, okay, listeners, because I I may have to steal that one myself. That is an awesome idea. And the whole idea that I am a huge fan of making fun, uh, of of having fun be a part of doing our charity work. So, bravo. I like that one. Okay, so as as a police officer then, has there been an inspirational moment? Yeah, we, um, one of the other clubs in town, so we have four Gainesville clubs. All four clubs really collaborate well. Great. Uh, one of the other clubs who we call Sunrise uh, Club of Gainesville, the morning club, breakfast club. I think they're nuts because they get up at like, I don't know, 6 uh, yeah. We have That's one of those here too. God bless them. Power to them. <laughs> but um, they in particular um, have provided some real uh, collaboration and computers and tech and equipment to a, um, a a really nationally recognized youth program in town, the Reichert House. So the Reichert House Youth Program is affiliated with the Gainesville Police Department. And um, that club has had very strong connections. The chief, um, uh, Chief Jones, who I, who I used to work for, in fact, he was my former boss, um, kind of was one of the founders of the Reichert House. So they have provided to at-risk youth in the K through 12 schools, a lot of tech and computers and lab. The other wow. clubs have also helped. The other Gainesville clubs have helped with that too. And it provided that right to making a difference for at-risk youth in this very comprehensive after-school program. And it's a difference maker. Wow. That's awesome. Sure these kids are going to go on to be, it's all, it's, it's young men. All these young men are going to then, um, uh, you know, go on to careers, entrepreneurial mm-hmm. assignments, um, college and higher ed, and part of it is one of these locals. So for me, inspiring is uh, working with that particular uh, youth, the Reichert House, through Gainesville Police and through the Sunrise 
uh, Rotary that's Club a- of Gainesville. So that's a police kind of um, related thing that the police department, I used to actually um, supervise some of the people there at the record house and got to spend quite a bit of time with those young men. Awesome. Awesome. See, two good ones. So we, we ask a lot of Rotarians um, about Rotarian pins and if they have a favorite one, but I would adapt that a little bit to say, do you wear your rotary pin on your, on your uniform? Are you uh, allowed sometimes. to? So cops, law enforcement loves pins and lapels and shiny was, metal and the, objects. And the patches. And I, patches. I've, I, I've gone into a few police stations, not for any other reason, but for, <laughs> and they have the, the, like a, almost a framed picture of a whole bunch of different patches. Yeah, no doubt about it. I have hundreds of patches, kind of the most current thing that cops Law enforcement nationwide, internationally, seem to collect. We're collectors. Is um, challenge coins is a biggie. Okay. Also, pins or things you wear on your uniform that indicate accomplishment or recognition is a biggie. Patches is a biggie. Kind of a old school is patches. I'm older, so I have a lot of patches. But nowadays, so a, challenge coins and pins. So the patches would be a similar to sharing a rotary flag if you go visit a club. Sure would. You go okay. to a conference, a training, you hand them a patch from your agency. They, they do likewise. Yeah. Very common. Cool. Okay. So I did, cause I was, I was in New York city. Unfortunately, uh, I, uh, lost a computer to someone's quick, quick thievery mm. and, uh, ended up at a police station actually in downtown Manhattan where they had a Washington state patch on the wall. So I thought, God, how, how small this world can be when there's a Washington state patrol patch here in the middle of Manhattan, which I thought was very interesting. So rotary clubs have flags, police departments have patches. I guess that's old school. So coins patches, are these new things. Challenge coins. I keep Chal- putting that because that's kind of like the new, you know, it's always, what's the new thing is a challenge coin, a coin that depicts your agency. We have a, um, we have a Christmas tree in our front lobby of our police department at Santa Fe college. And, and it's ordained with all kind of police related Christmas stuff like police patches from our agencies are what we're decorating our tree with. It's pretty cool. Ah, it sounds awesome. You got to take a picture of it or else I'll go. I'm sure there's a picture of it somewhere. I will, I will try and find it. Um, what is a challenge coin then? Cause you have corrected me now a couple of times. I'm going to honor that and say the word mm-hmm. challenge. It, do you have to do something to get these coins? Well, I don't know. It's called a correction. I'll say this. Glenn. Um, <laughs> challenge the, the the irony is do you have to do a challenge to get a challenge coin no i don't think you do oh They're just uh agencies often use them it's it's a coin it's the size of a coin with often the you know the logo insignia the the, the okay website. sometimes it may honor people who have passed in the line of duty or a special uh. law enforcement event and they just like you would trade patches or pins or coins or stamps baseball cards often in law <laughs> baseball cards cards Coins is something that is, you know, pretty coveted amongst uh, law enforcement, non-law enforcement. It's just a, a cool thing to collect or see. And this is where I've been. This is what I've done. This is who I've met. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. So no, no challenge to get a challenge coin. Not necessarily. No, I coin haven't taken. been challenged to get a coin yet. So Okay, there you go. Yeah. Well, then we're coming to the part of the interview that I was really most excited about. And it's... It's a great question that that we that we bring up on this podcast all the time, and that is uh, the four way test. And what does the four way test mean to you? Um, I know when the tables were turned on me, and I was actually interviewed, I was talking to people about the words that kind of get 
thrown away at the beginning of the four-way test, which is of the things we think, say, and do, and then it goes into those things. Of, of, of the four-way test is really important to me. Mm-hmm. But how it, what do you, what's your opinion of the four-way test and how do you use it in your everyday life? As a police officer. Um, so, so law enforcement and Rotary in this, in this uh, kind of world, they're aligned as it relates to ethics and integrity right. and doing the right thing. And the four-way test that is basically living ethics and integrity and doing the right thing. Um, just within law enforcement, I do a code of ethics every time we hire someone. And most agencies do that. We had a, we hired a new dispatcher yesterday. And as commemorating that, they had to formally swear with their you know, right hand in the air to a code of ethics, which is, is it going to be beneficial to all concerned? Is it the mm. truth? It doesn't read exactly like rotaries. It's law enforcement related, right. but it's the same mantra. It's, are we doing the right things at the right time for you know, our communities and our people and stuff like that? So I feel like these two areas, both law enforcement and rotary, really, really hammer on basically being compassionate, kind, ethical, doing the right things at the right time, and um, and and the way that we kind of live, work, and play. So, and that's awesome, and I love that. And I would be, however, a little uh, remiss if I didn't talk about that. This last summer was a tough year for law enforcement. It was a tough year, I would say, reputation-wise. Now, I live outside of Seattle. So I am the first to support anybody with a, a badge and a gun who puts their life out there every single day to protect my life. But this has been a tough year for cops and, and the reputation of them. And how is a cop, how, and, and I will say, I will speak for myself and use I statements, and we're not political here or religious, so I will definitely be on a very tight rope here when I say, how do you look at some of these other cops that have done these, some of these things that are not four-way test and still remain in a Rotarian four-way test state of mind? So that's, a, that's a really, it's a good question. It's, a, it's one that um, is a very insightful question. So 2020 has been terrible and lousy for, uh, for not, not just local and national, pretty much, you know, across the board, international and for law enforcement, particularly, we we always talk. Uh, also, it non-political. These are just right. the manner in which we treat each other. It seems like there's been three big issues um, we talk about law enforcement that have provided a really bad nexus. Um, one of them is, in fact, the things that the police officers did in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, I've come out against this. Any good law enforcement leader would look at that and go, "What terrible actions those people." who indicated that they were police officers did to a man that led to his tragic death. Awful. As far as I'm concerned, they didn't, they didn't represent the badge in any way, shape or form. I know the local law enforcement leaders I served with in um, North central Florida all agree with that. We had a statement. We came out and said, this is not us. We don't Mm -hmm. act that way. So of the three things I said that are really big is the, that action caused some cascading um, concerns that has led to the, you know, the protests and the civility and law enforcement. The reality is um, we need to be treating people in ways that make everybody that we do our job. We enforce law, criminal law, um, but we don't abuse. We still have to be ethical and kind and courteous. 
And sometimes we have to take some some horrible actions. But what happened in Minneapolis, that first thing did cause issues for law enforcement. But that's because those officers um, did not act as officers in any way, shape or form. They're not representative of what we do here, not representative of me and certainly not representative of my agency. So you got that. That's the big one part. And I know this right. is a lengthy answer, but the other two parts is the pandemic has caused just, we all know, I mean, you could talk for, for days on the mm-hmm. pandemic, the incredible uh, ramifications for us worldwide and, and in the U.S. has, uh, has been something else. So, you know, that's the second one. And obviously you got kind of the law enforcement um, world, you know, yeah, it's, it's been a tough year for law enforcement because unfortunately an event that occurred several months ago was not representative law enforcement. And um, they brought that upon a profession that is not um, that the vast majority of law enforcement, law enforcement officers would not subscribe to that type of action at all. And if they do, they're not law enforcement officers. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, and I, and I think it's kind of interesting. I think in these particular times, um, the things are painted by a very broad brush and I'm going to say those words that everybody hates, which is on both sides, which I have a, I have a thing in my house that I may agree with your, with your, uh, uh, concern, but as soon as you throw a rock into somebody's window, you're not going to, all you're going to get is my angst that all of a sudden my concern for your topic is now being diminished because now you're destroying somebody's livelihood. That, that doesn't, that doesn't help that much for you getting your point out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, so all of a sudden everybody who may have in my point of view, perhaps a more liberal look at things are now painted. I think this year as rock throwing hoodlums. And every single police officer this year has turned into stepping on somebody's neck or shooting somebody or there is no in the middle. How are we going to find that in the middle again? I, I, I don't expect you to be able to fix it. You said some very powerful words like they don't represent me. And if you are the majority that are saying they don't represent us, how can we heal that? And how long do you think it may take to heal that? Well, I'm, I'm not the leader of a nation, right? I think Touché. Uh, so yes. the, the key is what do you do when you look at your own self to make the change that you want to see happen? That's anywhere. That's kind right. of a, a tentative rotary is what are you doing? And then how are other people doing that? So I don't know what changes as a nation. I know how we start with change. You know, I told you there was three big factors in 2020. I think the one I talked about was the mere fact that we had presidential elections was the third one. So pandemic, protests and police and. Um, um, and politics. Yeah. yeah. We'll and go with the peace. <laughs> we're a nexus of three bad things that are probably we're going to be feeling as a nation for the way that we heal for, I don't know, it could be years. I don't know. Yeah. Um, my job is, what do I do, for example, at Santa Fe College with the agency? What do I do in my Rotary Club um, with my fellow Rotarians to make the change that I think should happen? And that, what is that? That's being diverse. That's being inclusive. I know these are vague terms, but they're meaningful uh, mm-hmm. terms. This is, this is treating people well. This is agreeing to disagree without resorting to violence. So in our area, I can disagree with people. I can have different views. It's totally sure. fine. Um, but it seems like nowadays people have very, a lot of difficulty disagreeing without mm. moving from the mouth to the fist. 
or right. to the weapon. And we talk about that a lot, um, at least in my agency and with the law enforcement agencies in North Central Florida is we've got to be we've got to be professional and treat people well. If we have to take a serious action, we take it right. That's mm-hmm. the nature of being um, a good professional ethical police officer. But the, your question is, so how do we change it in the long run? You change it. You start by saying, I'm not going to be that way whatever it is, I'm going to adhere to the principles I think is important. And you start with that. And then it's your friends and your family and your Rotary Club and your police agency. And that that trickles out because this is not a quick fix. No, not not one way, shape or form. And as long as we're isolated via the pandemic, that probably makes it even more difficult mm-hmm. to, to make that change. And. And I, so I guess that kind of takes us all the way back to the beginning of the question of how do you how do you have the four way test in your life? And I guess if we really pay attention to that four way test, we don't know how long it will take to maybe get these broad brushes a little bit more reeled in. But at least we can do our part to help reel those broad brushes in. I guess yeah, I feel like communication has really suffered. Verbal communication has really suffered, mm-hmm. and so has written communication, you know, via social media, people will write things and say things to people when they're not face to face. And I don't think years ago they would do that. And they probably wouldn't do it today, but you have the benefit of writing it or saying it, um, you know, maybe over social media or, or a phone where if you were looking someone face to face or got to know that person, you know, maybe it, maybe it take some time to understand the opposing view as opposed to take the, the fist to the, to that opposing view. Yeah. Well, then that leads us to our other major motto, which is service above self. And we tapped on this a little bit when we were talking about the the side of your cars. Um, But what does, what does service above self mean to you as a Rotarian? Also it means, um, means a couple of things. Number one, doing service means you're making a difference for someone else. And you were just asking, how do you heal a nation? Well, you start with yourself. You do some things for other people, you know, mm-hmm. collect, you know, help those who might be homeless. Um, try and get tr- job training, pe- job training programs for people who need a job. Treat people compassionately if you see that they're in need, you mm-hmm. know, uh, agree to disagree and, um, you know, provide understanding. Be super inclusive, meaning so somebody doesn't they're, they're, they're not my gender. They're not my right. ethnicity. They're not my race. They're not my age, right? Mm-hmm. I'm old. Um, oh, you're not that so, old. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've got, I've got some old. grown kids too, you know. So. <laughs> Perspective's a wonderful thing. So you, you, you learn from different people and um, you, by doing that, you, you know, you do good work. So service above self is really I'm not doing it for recognition. So that's one key fact is mm. it's okay to get recognition. Our police department's got a lot of recognition here at Santa Fe College. It's okay to get recognition for the good things you do. You, What I would think is I hope that you don't do something merely to get that, you know, to get that. Uh. It's totally good to do great things and then highlight it. Rotary does that. And we probably should do that more. Highlight yes. <laughs> the great things we do, but that's not the go- That's not why we were motivated to do it. You probably mm-hmm. hopefully motivated to do it because we fed, we fed the food insecure. We right. provided bridges or clean water, you know, in a nation overseas mm-hmm. that doesn't have the benefit of hygienic practices merely because they're not industrialized. Like, uh, right. so um, service by self is do things that help others improve. 
I mean, I would think, and, and, and when you get recognition for it too, but certainly it also means you're not merely doing something because then you can pat ourselves, pat, you know, pat myself on the back for doing it. And I do, like you said, pat yourself on the back. I mean, sometimes some of, of my greatest accomplishments I've celebrated like over on a stage in the dark, kind of just, you know, closing my eyes and going, yay, you know, and that's it. That's, there's no fanfare, no balloons. And some are, those are some of the ones I remember the most. So, so then we talked about uh, how, are, how cops are perceived, but I'd like to know how you think Rotary is perceived throughout the world. What do you, what do you think the world thinks of Rotary? What do, what do you think uh, other I, I countries think? I have, I'm probably uh, ill-equipped to answer that particular question because obviously I live kind of, I, you know, I haven't traveled internationally. I've traveled quite a bit nationally. No, but I know Florida and that is a very international state, be uh, it from the true. panhandle to Miami. There's a lot of folks that go through that, that state. So I, I will say, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll more localize it. I would say within my areas and the conferences and the district assemblies and stuff like that, I've got um, rotary is probably perceived as some of the things, some of the, the, um, they're, they're perceived by those who know Rotary as doing really good things. Mm-hmm. The problem is a vast majority of at least the network I come in contact with is still unfamiliar um, with what they do. So we think we're doing a good job getting out the word. I don't think at least in, in the, the network, I don't think we are. We're, we're good within our network. I don't think people really understand it. And then those cliches that sometimes you hear about always come back. Are we too old? I know my club, um, we, we tend to be a little older, and yet, what are we doing? We're trying to recruit the, the next generation of doers, mm-hmm. and so we're getting better and better at that. So I think we're probably perceived as a little too old as an international organization, um, not as diverse as we need to be. That's really important. Mm-hmm. I can only speak for, for the United States, but I know in some countries, we're even less diverse than we are here. Um, I'm really proud to say that my, so my club has got... Um, a high percentage of women and we have some younger members and now we've attracted some rotaractors who seem to kind of be okay. uh, socializing with us because I'm a rotaract advisor at the college. So those are good things. But I think we're also perceived as not diverse enough. Um, and there's not great understanding of all the good things that are being done around the world. This is my limited impression of, um, to, to answer your question about, you know, how is Rotary perceived? For those who know Rotary, they know the great things we do. That's mm-hmm. not it. Well, and, it, and it's come up a couple times that maybe we don't talk about ourselves enough. I mean, a, a tradition is if we're going to brag about ourselves is that we have to pay a fine, which is kind of kind of an interesting tradition. We can't just say, look what I did. Look what I did. And I'm really sorry. Let me give you 10 bucks. Yeah, that's actually, that's one I've heard in a, in a couple clubs. And yeah. yet our logo is one of the top 10 most recognized logos in the world. It's up there with Pepsi and Apple and, you oh, know, good. we're one of the top 10 most trusted uh, uh, organizations in the world. And we have a seat at the UN. I mean, these are like things that that I would think everybody would know our name and everybody would know a Rotarian, but mm-hmm. we got to fix that. Well, if I'll, I'll have you busy working on trying to fix police departments all over the world. I won't, I won't put 
world peace and fixing rotary on your plate too. Oh, thank you for that. I got to just start locally. I don't have, I don't have broad enough shoulders right. to handle beyond the area that I work. There you go. Yeah. So we'll, we've got a few more questions and then I, I'll let you enjoy the rest of your day. But how do you think rotary can, can fix, can, uh, how do you think they can grow in the future? How, what do you think, what do you think if there was, if there was a, you could go right to RI's president and say, if we fix this, something could really happen. What do you think? What What would be your... Well, I, this is going to be somewhat counterintuitive, but um, if I'm talking to our president, I'm saying the efforts that are that we're focusing on are younger generations, which is mm-hmm. going to be basically when I'm in a nursing home, hopefully they'll be there helping me out. Right. right? So those are excellent. With The focus has got to be on what are the next generations. The people who are already in Rotary are doing the right thing. So it would be everything possible to inform uh, younger generations, higher education, college mm-hmm. age, young adults who are simply looking for meaningful stuff to do is, is right, on, right on point. So that's a, that's a big one. And I think they've got that focus. And then the second thing is um, it'll be great when we end polio. Yeah, and I know that there's a tremendous effort to, to get rid of those last little bastions of polio. But following that, it'll be really great to see is really put focus on what is the what is a really game changing world improving project next, whatever it is. And I know the leaders are thinking about that and we all have ideas of what that might look like, but they mm-hmm. should be ready to rock when it's time uh, for when that is. And that'll be, we'll be celebrating the end of one thing and it'll be time to get to work on another thing. Yeah, at least, at least have 24 hours, take a nap, maybe toast a little champagne and then bam, next, next. Not week. even 24 hours. Not even. <laughs> <Right. What's next? laughs> exactly. Well, and I, and I, I do agree with you and we've talked about this on other podcasts that if you look at the Rotary International site, it's beautiful. And there's men and women and young and old and different colors and shapes and sizes mm-hmm. and, and all kinds of fabulous things. And then somehow it doesn't trickle down to local. So I, I'd love to figure out what that, where that connection stops. Where, where does it? Cool thing. Uh, I used that word a few times today. Can I, did I interrupt you there, Gwen? I'm no, sorry. please. Okay. So we, um, the, the four Gainesville clubs that I talked about here, yes. they have a local foundation, right? It's called the Rotary Clubs of Gainesville Foundation. Love it. And we do, um, like a lot of clubs and areas, we have a wild game feast, right? There's lots of wild game feasts all over the world, but clubs, well, that wild game feast put on by this foundation um, are what we call the Tuesday Club. The Rotary Club of Gainesville started the foundation. The other three joined it. And they, um, the wild game feast is a massive fundraiser under the guise of a service project. It's, it's, we figure out where the monies are going to go from that thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be at the wild game feast for networking and it's a fantastic event annually. And then the monies raised there are service. They're going to a service project, like a, almost like a grant funded thing. And that's a, that's a way that we leverage getting out the information. So the Rotary Clubs of Gainesville Foundation is doing these big, big projects or providing monies or service for big projects in our area. So Rotary Clubs can do just what the Rotary Clubs of Gainesville Foundation did, which is figure out what is, what might be a, I know everyone hates the term fundraiser, but right. uh, what is a fundraiser that's meaningful and fun and networking, but also ends up with an end game that is, you know, really meaningful. How many people come to this event? You said it's, it's a big 
Well, we're, we're not sure about the next one because the pandemic, like everything. Right. So say in the past. So, um, oh, you're over a thousand people are there wow. tonight. It's, it's bands, it's different corporations, it's sponsorships, it's raffles. But the event in really is it's a big social night where you eat all kinds of very strange foods. That's why it's called Wild Game. Right. And, um, and but it also makes a tremendous amount of money because there's so much donated. We're not using the money's donated to fund it. The money's everybody's donating the things and then the money's raised are going direct service to whatever the project is. We've done, you know, boys and girls clubs, renovations, all sustainable projects too. Wow. Um, park uh, types of projects. We just finished one of those. Um, uh, things that are uh, training programs and things. Oh, it has to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, really is uh, is is just a good way to take take the um, the work of a bunch of Rotarians here in in our area um, through a local foundation that they created and and do some other stuff. Wow. Well, if I'm if if I'm busy because I said I before we got on the podcast that I have family in New Smyrna Beach, which is a a few hours drive. But if I happen to hit during the uh, during the weekend of the big uh, game feast, maybe I'll have to buy a ticket. March. I did it's March. In March. If we're it's able in to March. pull it off, and it's on a Thursday night, so no weekends. No but, weekends. Uh, that's all right. I'll sell you a ticket. There you go. Okay. I did try my last time in Florida. I did try uh, python jerky, and I tried alligator for the first time. So I, I I can adventurous eat. You know, I don't I don't you don't get a body by Buddha if you don't adventurously eat every once in a while. <laughs> what I want to know is, do they taste like chicken? Actually, the python actually tasted quite it, it, like it was. Um, it was fishy a little bit and a little sweet. Okay, it was actually sweet, and it wasn't necessarily from the from the jerking part of it, the sweet spices and stuff. Mm-hmm. They were tasty. I don't think I would, you know, go out and have them every Saturday night, but I tried it. It was cool. Well, I got one last question for you, sir, and then I'll let you uh, go back on patrol. Uh, if you, if we were on an elevator uh, after these days where we're not all masked up and can barely get on an elevator with another person, and I noticed your rotary pin, and you said, yes, I'm in Rotary. What would be your elevator pitch to me? Why would I want to join you in Rotary? Well, I know the term elevator pitch is kind of interesting because it's what's that What's that eight-second media soundbite? But exactly. people ask or they inquire to me regardless, I always just say it's one of the world's largest nonprofit service and network organizations, and we do a lot of good things um, locally, nationally, and internationally. So that's what I typically tell people. See, and that would be the perfect elevator pitch. I think that was just about four and a half seconds. So it was perfect. Okay, I, I well, love I was it. talking fast too. You were. <laughs> and thank you so much taking for time for me. This is, this was a uh, time well spent and thank you for taking on some of those more uh, provocative questions that I threw at you. I appreciate it. I appreciate an honest answer. And I think it, it, it's something that hopefully this is one little uh, bit of healing to any Rotarian who's had a tough summer, be it, you know, a police officer or not. I know you are not the only Rotarian police officer in the world. And I know I am not the only protester from the streets that's in Rotary. So I hope this was step one in bringing a lot more people together and healing to begin. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It's one of the very few podcasts I think I've ever done, I've done a lot of, you know, types of interviews and stuff like that, but it is good to be able to spread, spread what we're doing 
um, both in the rotary world and in our um, various professions that we have to kind of uh, do the things that get us in positive improvements all the time. Absolutely. absolutely. In the right direction. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a Rotarian and thank you for your service. And uh, I uh, hope I can find a picture of that tree because I definitely want to show everybody the tree from your from your front place. So I'll make um, sure you get it. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me, Ed. And what did you think out there, podcast listeners? That was a conversation about the four-way test, about being an officer of the law, about being a Rotarian, about freedom of speech, about not in my name, and about so much more. And I thank you, officer, for all that you've done. And I thank you, Ed the Rotarian, for all that you're doing. All right, then. That takes us to the end of our podcast. The usual business. If you have a Rotarian that I should know about, please let me know. You can reach me at rotarianpod at gmail.com. Also, keep having those friends subscribe and download the podcast so it's easier for all to find us. And until next week, take care of yourself and the world around you. Wear a mask. Stay six feet apart. Stay safe, everybody. And until next week, I will hear you again on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Take care, everybody.